0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to Back to Basics. I'm excited today to have with me Barry and Laura Ash, who are both former police and prison officers, and our husband and wife team with a mission to change the way we see the diet and fitness industry. To achieve it, they created the rock-solid method which envisions a world in which it's impossible for anyone to fail with their health and well-being by exposing the flaws in the weight loss industry blueprints and helping build pathways to real, sustainable personal transformation. They're based in the UK and have appeared on several TV and radio shows around the globe. They have spoken on many stages about all things mental and physical health, and they're also fellow podcasters. So hello,
1: Laura and Barry. Hi there. Lovely to see you. And wow, one an intro. Thank you so much. Well, it's
0: easy to introduce, you know, successful brilliant people. It's an easy job. And that's and you're I, I believe you're my third guest from the UK. So I'm good. I'm moving into Europe. <laughs>
1: Excellent. That's always good to have a bit of diversity, you know, with everyone you're speaking to. So that's, that's fantastic. Congratulations.
0: Absolutely. No, thank you. And congratulations. And I'm so curious and I'm happy to have to, I got two for the price of one. This is great. Two interviews, (laughs) two fascinating stories that converge. So why don't you start, Laura, by just uh, sharing a bit of of who you are, what you were passionate about
1: as, as a child, and then we let Barry share the same. So, yeah, I mean, Laura Ash, and I've never been asked that question, what I was passionate about as a child, to be honest with you. Um, If I'm honest with you, the one thing I was quite passionate about was having a career career. I was never the sort of person that wanted to have children and get married and do all that sort of stuff. My mum had quite a good career. She was a legal secretary working within her solicitors. And she was always a bit of a role model to me in terms of a, a hard working woman, do you know what I mean? And I was more into kind of the theatrical side of things in terms of like impressions and acting. And that's what my passion was when I was younger, to be honest with you. Well, I love always to ask that question because I try to establish, you know, a
0: pattern. And some people, they just from the child, you know, childhood years, they they kind of manifested what they became. And then others completely took a different road. And then my message is always, you know, you can be whatever you want to be and it's never too late to change course. So that's why I always like to ask that question. What about you, Barry? I'm
2: the exact opposite. I didn't have a career (laughs) in mind. I didn't want to work. I didn't want to do anything. All I wanted to do was play sport. Oh. And literally from ever since I can remember, I was working out uh, about seven or eight years of age in the local village hall. And then I found motorbikes and I started racing mot- motocross and I raced all around Europe for uh, the rest of my teenage years, really picked up a few injuries on the way. <laughs> and I've always been interested in how the body moves, how it functions. And it started off as how it looked. I wanted to have the bodybuilder physique as well, so it's always been about the body and what it can do, what it can do.
1: You can remember your first workout as well, can't you?
2: Yeah, I remember my first workout I ever <laughs> did it was in the village hall, really rusty weights on the floor. We was doing plyometrics, jumping around, and some bench press. It was with an old PE teacher that lived in the village.
0: Oh wow, that that's fascinating. And then you know, of course, you're both from the UK, from England, right? Yes. yes. And then your careers. I mean, I'm going to fast forward because I have two of you, so we cannot spend that much time (laughs) and you are doing so much, so so many exciting things. But then, Laura, you became a police officer at some point. So tell us a little bit about when you made that decision, how you got into into that and then a little bit of, of that experience.
1: Yeah, I I had been bouncing around from job to job to job. And it was my personal mission that I wanted to be able to you know create a bigger impact and to serve and help people and I thought what better way than being a police officer and my original intent I had the whole 30 years mapped out (laughs) so I wanted to do section then I wanted to do tactical team which is where you go in you do public order and drug raids then I wanted to do firearms and then I wanted to go into the dog unit kind of in my later years And being in the police force has really... It it changed me massively, especially as a female. You definitely grow up very quickly and you have to grow a very thick skin because you are dealing with lots of things... All at the same time, you know, one morning you go to work and you could be dealing with a road traffic accident and then you'll go into a domestic and then you'll go into a suicide or a cop death or whatever it is. So there's a, such a vast range of emotions that you go through in one day and adrenaline as well because you no two days are the same, right?
0: Yeah, I cannot imagine. I always complain about working in a male-dominated industry and I'm in telecommunications. But after what you <laughs> just said, like you brought some perspective to, to, to every time I, I'll say that in the future, I'll see, I'll look at it differently. And uh, so you had it planned out. And I, at some yeah. point I'm going to ask when the, the two of you meet, because I know you, you know, they're both on law enforcement, but feel, <laughs> feel free to chip that in. And, and so you were enjoying your career, but you were you know, having yeah. obviously these struggle with emotions and, and, and the dynamics of it. Yeah. Yeah, I was
1: absolutely loving what I was doing, but I kind of hit a bit of a, a stumbling block where I started to feel really sad and low and um, having nightmares and these weird breathing panic things. And it was my sergeant that said to me, you've got to go to the doctors because there's something that's not right and I need that to be looked at and I said to him well I'll go but I don't quite know what they're going to do for me you know I remember standing at my locker and putting my stab vest on and just burst into tears and I just thought maybe it's just a bit of stress so I went to the doctors and he basically diagnosed me with depression sent me home with some tablets. And then from that point, obviously not to drag it on too much for you, but from that point, I then started to experience massive highs where I'd have lots of energy and I'd be very enthused and lots of ideas and want to stay up and very eccentric. And then I'd hit lows again. And my first visit to the doctors was in 2005. And in 2009, I was diagnosed with bipolar and OCD. And from that point forward, my career kind of started to crumble because there was no way they were going to give me a gun at all whatsoever and be on firearms. I was taken off of some of the more night shift duties, which I enjoyed. And I was kind of put in more different roles in terms of office based, but still going out, but doing more crime burglary work. And I decided that I wanted to do more of a nine to five job, so I applied within the police force for a role within the counterterrorism intelligence unit, and I managed to score a job there. And I was working in there for a couple of years, but unfortunately, the stress of the job um, still just got to me. And in 2012, I went to see the force medical doctor, and they said to me, "The time has come. You know, you you can't do your job anymore." You either medically retire you or we will do it for you. Wow. And that's, must have been hard. I was 33 years old, medically retired, mental health. I couldn't see anybody giving me a job at all whatsoever. So that's why, that's when we decided that we would start our own business and start rock solid. Fantastic. Well, then
0: I'll put pause there and I will switch to Barry. And I, I know when I heard we is probably you were together. So I let I leave it up to you to to bake wh- how you both met in, in your story. Oh
2: yeah. Wow. We met when we was three and four years of age. We met oh. at preschool.
0: No way. Oh my God. Wow. Now so, you feel me really back to basic. Oh, well, <laughs> That's another story. Really
2: we didn't realize when we first started dating not back then but when we was in our 20s we didn't realize until we've been dating for like a couple of months we started talking about our history where we went to school and play school and preschool and we was like I used to play this game, Amazing Ventures of Spider Man. I used to play with this other lad and this other girl. And Los was like, I used to play with these two boys the same. And we was like, What school did you go to? Where'd you go?
0: And we was like, Oh my god! That is amazing! Wow! Yeah. That is really you know incredible. That yeah, is, it is fate. That is fate. Well, that's even better. Even better stories. So you, <laughs> on your end, you were a police prisoner officer, right? Yes. Well, I've always been in the fitness
2: industry. Mm-hmm. So I was literally, ever since I could start work, I was working in the gymnasium, uh, doing personal training and stuff like that. And that's where I met Loz for the second time. She walked in and we started talking, we started dating. And then as we started moving on with our relationship, we wanted to get a house. And being a fitness instructor, it's not the great wages. So I was looking for other jobs to sort of buy a house and move forward with our relationship. And this lad walked in the gym and he was a prison officer. I thought, I'll give it a go. I'll give that a go. So I signed up. I went away and done my training. And I spent the next three years walking the landings, looking after all the prisoners day-to-day running. So feeding them, mail with them and educating them. But I still had this burning desire for health and fitness. And it was just eating up and eating up inside of me. But you're really lucky in the prison service because... I could specialize the PTI, which is a physical training instructor, and they have a gym facility. They have classrooms in there. So I spent 16 weeks training to become a PTI. So I spent the next seven years working in the Young Offenders Institute, which actually changed into a male uh, prison. And I was teaching them to become personal trainers. I was teaching them to become clinical sports therapists with the massage and so forth. And I headed, headed up the, the health and wellbeing centre in the prison. So I was doing a lot of work with the prisoners to help them get out in the community and leave law-abiding lives and put them back into the community. But in about, two was it 2012, 2013. Loz got medically retired. She set up rock solid. And we could either have gone two ways. I stayed the main breadwinner and Loz just done rock solid. Or I jacked in the job as a prison officer and we went full steam ahead as rock solid. And that's what we decided to do because we know what impact looking after your health and your wellbeing does for people. And we've got this big gift that we want to spread across the world in changing people's lives with their health and their wellbeing. So this is where we are today, growing rock solid.
0: That is amazing. And and I and now going forward, obviously I want to hear more details. But that decision making that you said that uh, you know I can be a breadwinner or I or we can go and throw ourselves a hundred percent into it. This is where most people get stuck. Like they probably, they know what they're passionate about. They know what they would like to pursue, but they don't find the courage within themselves to to just say what you said. It's like, let's put a hundred percent in. So I always like to to ask or say if you share something about that decision and, and why it was the right one.
2: I think when I'm lost, was pretty much forced into it with her medically retirement. But for me, I was like, I had one second of should I do this and then the rest of it was easy because I knew that was my passion and when you follow your passion then the decisions become easy it's, it's, it's not like oh I've got to have it for the money I've got to do it for the money it was my passion the health and the well-being of people and I knew that working with, with Loz would be easy as well so it wasn't a difficult decision obviously I had that oh do I do it but that only lasted for a second, and then the next day I went in with my notice, gave it to my boss, and it was it was done. It was
0: easy. Well, that's great, and and you know I work with in the family business, so I know that sometimes working with your spouses. Well, I don't work with my husband anymore. I did for like five years, but you know it's great, but it's also challenging. And it's great. You, I can tell the two of you have a great relationship, and 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 not everybody's successful at that, so that deserves extra credit. Kudos to you. Thank you. <laughs> thank you so so laura so you decide to found rock solid so to share about that you obviously had this passion now you had that that retirement that was uh, traumatic and what did you yeah. tap into to make that decision and and what did you envision for for rock solid
1: the the thing that i envision for rock solid is that i want to just be able to create happy healthy people because a lot of what Come out of rock solid, and a lot of the models that come out of rock solid are actually how I've dealt with my mental health. Right. So, I was really lucky in that, you know, when I was diagnosed, I went on a 32 week course and I learned about bipolar. And within that, and within everything that I've been through, I've learned how to look after myself. So, I know the importance of exercise, I know the importance of sleep. I know the importance of water and nutrition and above all, being able to look after yourself mentally and emotionally. And I wanted to create that because I just look around and I see so many people unhappy in their lives. So many people unhappy in their bodies and who they are. And they're almost on a bit of a self-destruct mode. And they're going to go through the rest of their lives with the same problems, with dis-ease, not being happy and for me I just I I can't imagine getting to the end of my life and not being happy and not being healthy and not saying I've lived and loved my life and I wanted to be able to create that for other people and, and help them to see through the you know, bullcrap. crap, of, you know, this whole diet superficial facade, because I have to say, we did start out doing body transformations, you know, where you see like the before and the after people picture with people in their pants and stuff, you know, mm-hmm. um, but we soon discovered that that is rubbish, right? It's the change on the inside that matters the most, And then what happens is that's a reflection on the outside. So that's when we really started to tackle this whole thing around health and well-being. And that was further kind of instilled when uh, we had this incident in 2017, when I had my biggest breakdown because I was working in the business too much. And I had the biggest meltdown since leaving the police force. And it was awful having that burnout. And that was when we really went on the trajectory and put our stake in the ground for health and well-being and you know, developing our six pillars of health and just helping people really just to manage their energy a lot better.
0: Wow, that's that's definitely powerful. And I I checked the six pillars and maybe you can share a little bit more, but I think I think you're totally on track on that because it's uh yeah, I always say as I, I was chubby as a girl. So I am I I know very well what being on a diet is. And then eventually, believe it or not, when I went to the United Kingdom to learn English, (laughs) I managed to lose eight kilos. (laughs) I come from an Italian family. And you know, of course, my mom would cater the menus to us, so we would never go to bed. I mean, she would even make three different sandwiches if me and my siblings had preferences. <laughs> and uh, you know, I went to the to England, and you know, honestly, I was living with an English family, and the lady was beautiful, but it wasn't Italian cooking, <laughs> and it was a good thing because I, I I did lose some 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 weight. But at the end of the day, I always tell people uh, you have to have realistic goals. And I've always been big on that. And I see it with a, a lot of people around me. And I know you're big on this, having realistic goals, because we, you can keep something on for months, maybe, maybe for a year. But if you cannot keep it going on, on you know, constantly, it's
1: never going to work. Yeah, we're very much, you know, we always say to our guys, what if you was just to do health once and you just focused on one? I mean, the first thing when somebody comes to see us, we focus on their sleep. And they say, but why am I focusing on sleep? I want to lose weight. And I'm like, well, because you don't know what's going on underneath the hood. You know, our number one pillar is sleep, because obviously, from working shift work, both of us, we don't know anybody that functions well on little sleep. You make bad decisions. You haven't got room for exercise. Your vulnerability goes down. Your emotions go up. And you fuel yourself with false energy like caffeine and sugar. And you eat for emotion. And it just rolls on and on and on and the amount of toxins and cortisol that's building up in your body you know from not getting that quality sleep is it can be detrimental to people absolutely. You know? absolutely and we live in a society I feel I know we were talking about this the other day weren't we of hustle 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 and like some people wearing lack of sleep like a badge of honor and I always say well okay we'll see you in a few years when you've got chronic stress and insomnia then you
0: know yeah, yeah yeah absolutely yeah well i i live in the us and here
1: unfortunately
0: people is a country where the people leave the most vacation unused and they're not paid. It's not like you don't use your vacation and, the, and you're getting paid for not using it. And people are leaving vacation time on their table, which would never be my problem. i have always trying to take vacation. <laughs> I work a little bit during my vacation, but I take vacation. But it, to me, is crazy. it's crazy. like, why would you do that? And it's exactly what I think Laura is referring to, that some societies, they have this badge of honor, like I'm working so much, I'm so busy. Uh, and that i cannot take vacation and they say it with a sense of pride that it's quite scary yeah,
2: yeah. it's back in back in the old days when you're successful you'd see the person sat in his tower and just doing nothing surveying all the, all he owns but nowadays for, for us to say we're successful we have to show that we are busy 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 all, all the time to say that we're successful but really we need to be smart about it because why are we working we are working to create a better life for ourselves or having a better impact into this world, and we need to show that we need to look after ourselves to uh, have a better impact.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. So, so I mean, I leave it up to Barry. I mean, share with us what exciting things you're working on and what I mean, uh, changing the way the world sees well being and health that's a big mission, but definitely the fact that you're talking about it and putting the well-being and mental health into the mix. Uh, and I think it's a very powerful combination what you two have going on where, where, I mean, you're obviously both very fit and very strong. But just looking at Barry, I say, wow, yeah, like definitely he, he trains for sure.
2: <laughs> so, That's the thing. I train because I enjoy to train. I don't train to change my physique because I've been down that path. And I spent six Six weeks, no, six months shredding my body to get onto the bodybuilding stage. And I was expecting one thing, and I got on the stage, I stood up there, done all my poses, done my routine, and I looked down and I was thinking, where's that feeling that I was after from this body I've got? And it didn't exist. It was all made in my head. And this is what made me change to health and wellbeing. being we need to exercise because we like to exercise, whatever that is. It's just about moving your body we need to nourish our body we need to get rid of this diet game so diet's all about restriction and deprivation and all these things when realistically we want to give our body stuff rather than taking it away if we nourish our body we find it really hard to overeat and over put too many calories in us so it's about changing our mindset about looking after this vessel we've got by getting our sleep right is our first and foremost our foundation pillar Then we just need to drink some more water, hydrate our body. Then we nourish our body. We don't diet. We don't do all these macronutrients or anything like that, guys. It's all about nourishing. And then we look at moving our body. How does our body move and function? Because if we move our body, we create momentum to do more things. Then we look at our thoughts and our thought management. How do we think and how do we speak to ourselves and the language we use? And then we look at de-stress me time. And it's about getting rid of the stress out of our lives and re-energizing, filling our cup up. So these are our six pillars. And this is how we work with Rock Solid is to cover these six pillars. And we do them in this order because I find, and lots of times, we have to do them in that order. If we start off with exercise and we haven't got our sleep right, we haven't got the energy to do it. And if we start with nutrition and we haven't got our sleep right, we haven't got the mental resilience to say no to the things that are being got
0: us to where we we are today that is great go
1: ahead laura i i can i can tell you have something (laughs) coming. you know a lot of people will say like you know we say that we are we don't want anyone to fail with their health and well-being and that you know we're tackling the blueprint industry a lot of people will come to us they go well what do i do what shall i do i've done this club and i've done this workout and we always say to them do something that's simple and do something that's satisfying that you will enjoy then it will be sustainable right and make sure you've got a supportive community which we have so for example the most simplest thing would be tomorrow morning Letitia could you get up and could you have a glass of water first thing when you get up is that something you would be able to do And a lot of people say, well, yeah, that's really simple. Okay, cool. And would you get a level of satisfaction from doing that? Yeah. Okay, cool. So you've got one day underneath your belt. Do you think you could rinse and repeat that the next day? Well, yeah, of course I can. Great. And then we keep going, keep going. One. One step at a time, one day at a time. Because sometimes, like you were saying, we can set goals. Like a lot of people say, well, I've got four or five stone to lose. No, you haven't. You've got one pound to lose. And you rinse and repeat that 56 times. That's it, right? Let's take the stress out of it. Let's take the overwhelm out of it. And I think that the fitness and diet industry have got a lot to answer for because they have confused people with all this science and fancy stuff. And I really feel that since COVID hit, the whole diet and fitness industry has turned on its head. It used to be, you know, getting shredded and, you know, all these keto things, you know, getting in a bikini, none of that matters anymore, because we're now fighting an invisible virus that could potentially be deadly to us. And what's going to help us? looking after our health. And one of the big things that's happened is we're more focused on our mental and emotional health. And no diet or exercise program is going to get you out of that. You know, it's about being able to address those thoughts. So everything that we're doing is very much a holistic approach and creating a version of health and wellbeing that works for you because we are all unique. What you need will be different to what me and Barry needs you know in terms of exercise or all that kind of stuff but it's doing what you enjoy the most.
0: Yeah, I think I think that's great and I totally agree with you. I've said on my podcast that since the pandemic started, I picked up on mindfulness meditation, which I had already tried earlier, but now finally I have a consistent practice. And it has helped so much with a uh, kidney Center. And I think that's why when I saw your pillars, I say, oh, they, they definitely uh, have something very interesting going. And I think I totally agree with you that, that there's miss the fitness industry, uh, you know, just when I see when January comes and I start seeing those ads of the gym, you know, it's almost like they're yeah. throwing the dang little thing and it's like people register and then they cannot keep it up. It's to me. It's 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 the the motivating actually. When you show something and you know that you probably are going to take on and then you cannot keep it up. So so of course I'm going to have your web page there. But uh, share with us if someone listening to this podcast finds any of what you're saying interesting, which I'm sure they will. They go on your website. How can you help them?
1: Well, it all depends what they want. I mean, the big thing would be, do you want to create your own version of health and wellbeing? Do you want to be able to harness your energy? Do you want to be a better version of yourself? If you're running your own business, if you're running a company, do you want to be able to have a bigger impact in your health so that you can then reflect that in what you're giving out to the world? That will be what we can can help with. Great.
0: And you have a, a blog, which I read a few of them uh, on. I read one on Breaking Bad Habits, which I found very useful. And I know you have a podcast. Do you want to share anything about the podcast?
2: Yeah. Yeah. It's called the Fit Mind Project and you'll find it on all of the platforms, iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud. Uh, and basically what we do, we just talk about anything that's health related. We've got the walking podcast on there as well. So we go for a 20 minute walk and we talk about, I have a, like, sports watches or the, the local news or something like that but also we have special special guests that come in as well so it's a bit of a variety all around health and well-being and how we can create better people
0: Awesome. Awesome. And, you know, I always have to ask as I reach, you know, towards the end of the of the interview about what makes you tick. And with people like you, it's you know, you talk about things you're passionate about. Is there anything that we haven't discussed that, uh, Laura, let's say when you were doubting rock solid and, and and you kind of had it to reconnect to what what your passion is? So what makes you feel good or a place you go to where you say, oh, this is who I am and this is where
1: I'm happy? I think one of the biggest things for me is that I don't ever want anyone to feel like they're on their own with whatever they're going through. So that is why I'm so passionate about speaking about the mental health and speaking about looking after your health and well-being, especially for business owners as well, because they can often feel a bit like a fraud. And so for me, that's why I'm so passionate every day just about reaching that one person with the post or you know something on social or whatever it is that we're we're talking about. Great. What about you, Barry?
2: I, I just go back to nature. I love being around nature. If I'm feeling low or I'm not feeling like optimal energy, I just go and sit in the garden or I go for a walk in the woods or go down to the beach and just be around something that's natural and that just fires me up.
0: That's great. Yeah, a lot of people have that answer about nature and reconnected yeah. with, with, uh, with the sea. Or I personally create had the idea about this podcast in, in Sicily where my parents are from. And just there's something about that beach and the water and uh, being so little in the middle of the universe, you know, that, that definitely makes me connect. So that's great. So I leave you, Laura or Barry, with the last parting words. Anything you want to say uh, as a final thought?
2: For me, I just want to say to all the listeners out there, stay healthy and stay active, guys. That's all you've got to be is look after this body. This vessel we carry around with us is the only one we've got. So just look after it. Yeah,
1: absolutely. And I would say exactly the same. But for me, it would be look after your mind. Do stuff each day that makes sure that you have your mental medicine taken care of. That's great. The mental
0: medicine. I love that. That's going to be definitely uh, one I'm going to keep. Well, thank you both. I'm definitely, I'm a fan. I always say this, I, I love my guests because at the end of the day, I say, oh my God, this is, this was gold. <laughs> Very useful even for me. And I appreciate all the hard work you guys are doing. And, and thank you so much. Oh, thank you for
1: having us. It's been wonderful. Yeah, thanks for having us on. Thank you.
0: You've been listening to Back to Basics,